everybody, and welcome to Pop Culture Pizza Party, technically still a podcast. Yeah. I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephanie. We are here today to talk about a movie that premiered on Netflix during the pandemic of 2020, because no movies come out in theaters anymore, and we're all forced to watch on Netflix. You gotta stream it, baby. You gotta stream all the movies now. And this week's movie is the Chris Hemsworth-led vehicle, Extraction. Is it about dentists? It is not about dentists. It is not about... he play a hot dentist, though. I would totally have dental work I from think, Thor. Was he supposed to be in the Little Shop of Horror remake, maybe? Oh, that's a good question. Somebody I don't hot know. was supposed to play the dentist. I know that. It may have been him. Does Chris sing and dance? I don't know. But if anybody... Like, you can make anybody sing and dance. If you <laughs> tr- like, look at Kamal Nanjiani, how they made him jack to shit for a Marvel movie. If you can make anybody jack to shit, you can make anybody sing. If you need to. Sorry out there for all the musical people. I mean, The Rock. The Rock and Moana. Uh, That is true. And The Rock is not a great singer, but (laughs) they made him uh, a Disney classic. So I'd watch Chris Hemsworth as the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. But it is not about dentistry. It is about going into a foreign country as a white person and saving the day. It's a mercenary work. It's a mercenary work. Now, you at first said, you're like, is this another movie where an American's going to go in and lone wolf it and rescue somebody? And I said, no. No. Because he's Australian. Because he's Australian this time. <laughs> I absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was amazing. I thought the action was great. It was written by Joe Russo, who helped uh, write and direct the Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, directed by Sam Hargrave, who was a stunt coordinator for those Avengers movies. And this movie has all the stunts. All of them. All of them. Now, I loved it. How did you feel about it? My quote that you're going to hear me throughout this episode is, I wanted to like it. Will you also be saying how problematic it is? Oh, you know that's my favorite word. Problematic. I loved it. I had really low expectations going in because I heard it had come out and then somebody said, oh, it's kind of like a new type of John Wick. And I love John Wick. Oh, no. And I've enjoyed the John Wick movies. But for me, this film was like it. Gave me flashbacks to the 1980s and Rambo. 1980s? You mean the greatest decade for uh, horror and action movies? Uh, hyper-masculine, problematic films, yes. I'm not... Uh, have you seen Commando? No. That entire movie is about a man's love for his daughter. He rescues a person of color. <laughs> uh, by rescue, I mean he abducts her. Oh, okay. And then he... But they fall in love by the end of it. Oh, there we go. We need to watch yeah. Commando. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> But no, there are some positive things that I did enjoy about this film. Don't get me wrong, okay? Um, Everyone is talking about that long scene that was like an 11-minute continuous shot, even though it wasn't continuous. It wasn't like one take. Right, it wasn't one take. But um, it's definitely an action flick. So if you want to turn off your brain and have people get shot up in another country. Love it. Um, and have a white guy save the day. My favorite type um, of savior. Then this is the type of movie. Well, you knew that uh, the white savior complex comes from uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was also <laughs> a very white man. Yeah, no. And this is <laughs> this is a telling of that story, how he came back to... But I, a summary of this movie is there's like two rival drug dealers, uh, a little boy gets kidnapped... Uh, they also shoot a kid, which if you shoot a kid in your movie, I'm on board. Oh, gosh. Automatically. Oh, gosh. All my favorite movies start with, like, shooting a kid. Okay. Uh, Face Off, that's a great movie. And it starts off with literally Nicolas Cage sniping a child on a carousel. So I love that. This movie shows the corruption of the, is it Bali or? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, DACA? <laughs> 
it's, it's in Bangladesh, correct? So, so you have two rivalries. You have the drug lord over in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and then you have another drug lord in India. Okay, and so that's the thing. It's you've got two different drug lords. And I learned that's not just one place. You learned there are two countries. I'm not great at geography. No, you're to not. begin with, and I was like, the what? Oh, uh, where's France again? Where isn't it in Europe? <laughs> very good. I know that, but how close is uh, Dhaka to France? <laughs> not very at all. Um, so. So for me, there's a lot of things that are wrong. <laughs> One is, um, it's great that we have this white guy, again, Australian, I mark him as white, um, going in and He's saving ethnic. the day. If you're Australian, you're ethnic. If you live in the United States, I suppose so. But <laughs> um, but for me, right, like, I like Chris Hemsworth as, as an actor. I like him. Um, he's good looking. He shows a sense of humor. There is no humor in this movie whatsoever. You don't need to because, uh, I don't know if you know this, everybody in the military doesn't have feelings. Oh, there we go. They yeah. have no feelings. Yeah. They never cry. And their dads were mean to them. Right. And I also really enjoy action movies. I mean, I, I've been, we know that this past month, two, three months, um, with this pandemic, I've been playing shooting video games, specifically Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's not a shooting video game. There are bows and arrows. That doesn't count. <laughs> well, you know what else has bow and arrows? Rambo. Rambo <laughs> shoots go. a bow and arrow. But for me, you know, this this reminds me of, of Call of Duty. It's a very Call of Duty game, especially when he's looking down like the red dot site and he's like uh, ducking behind stuff, changing his mag. This is Call of Duty the movie. You don't need to make a Call of Duty movie. which no, they, right. They're always talking about like, let's make a Call of Duty no, movie. No, this is it. I was like, have you seen Saving Private Ryan? That's literally a <laughs> Call of Duty movie. Like, what, what more do you want? And I've been playing through the Halo games and there are many times when I was like, oh, if this was Chris Hensworth in space, this is what... Right. Extraction is right. I mean, extreme violence. You um, love it. There, the body count has to be in the triple digits. It has to be at least twenty um, people. And and so for me, at times, the aimless violence. There's a difference between aimless violence and violence that's used strategic, and that that doesn't push the narrative forward whatsoever. It sure does. He has to. Okay, he has, he tries to save <laughs> Avi, which is the which is a young boy. And we have to also be clear: the young boy isn't just any random kid living in India. Okay, it's the drug lord son that is abducted by the warring gang. Yeah, so they have they abduct him and the other drug dealer is the, the one drug dealer he's in prison. He's like old, he's like I've been in the that, game too long. That's his father. And then there's also like the other drug dealer is like a young hotshot who like came up to the ranks like like a like a drug lord prodigy. Yeah, and they're cast well because you actually have um Indi- known Indian actors. For those two characters. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you end up having, um, uh, oh my gosh, the one drug lord is played by uh, Pankaj Tripathi, mm-hmm. and the other one is- I um, love him. And <laughs> Randeep Huda. Okay, um, and so those are big names in Indian in cinema. So, so it's so it's nice to have that. We also talked about how in the movie, um, I was really happy there were subtitles, right? Yes. Um, little did we know, though. Again, like Hindi is the language of India and also English. Those are the national languages. Okay. And then Bengali is Bangladesh, right? So Bengali is the national language of, of Bangladesh. Um, but there's never an instance where anyone says like, oh, wait, we're switching from Bengali to Hindi. It's just assumed that they all speak the same language. Is, is, is it all the same language? It is not. It is not. Those are two different languages. But is, is does the movie use two different languages? Yes, it does. Okay, well, um, that makes sense, though, because if you're switching languages, you might not... 
you don't need to inform the viewer yeah. of that. It doesn't add anything. Well, there was a lot of criticism <laughs> in terms of the Bengali that's spoken by the Indian actors because it's not well done. It's not correct? <laughs> no, at all. There was quite a bit of criticism. Well, you you, you speak fluent Bali, correct? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's nah, not the proper nah. vowel sound. But I did like the fact that they do have subtitles. We talked about how you don't watch that many movies with subtitles. Here we go. This is a great <laughs> subtitled movie. This is a great. You say we need to watch more art, and this is the art. Oh, bloody art. It's so violent. It and is so. Bl- I would oh. like to go back and rewatch this movie with a doctor. And just point out how many times Chris Hemsworth should be dead. Because at at one point, uh, everybody gets hit by a car or is in multiple (laughs) car accidents. And I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know that you don't walk away from a lot of those car accidents. Internal bleeding, people. There's a lot of internal bleeding. Even the the ending, uh, which is kind of left open to interpretation. Like, Chris Hemsworth gets shot in the neck. And, and they're like, did did he survive? We don't know. We don't know. But I really, really enjoyed what Extraction did as a movie. It was, it felt very, it, it, never a dull moment. Um, That is true. It's a very fast-paced uh, film. So if you're talking again about the action genre, yes. But I don't think it adds to anything for the genre. Okay, so what are some movies that were action-oriented that added to the genre? That's a good question. I think for me, a lot of the Marvel films have done that. A lot of the Marvel movies? Yes, absolutely. Because there's a nice mix of sentimentality, action, development of characters, plot, and humor. I think for me, I need more sort of moments where I laugh out loud for action. I don't think this movie, though, added to a lot of humor. I think this movie was supposed to be more gritty, more realistic, and I really... I, I like that sometimes. I like a movie that's just no humor, just straight to the point, balls to the wall action. And this movie meets those requirements. It checks all the boxes. It For the genre? For the genre. For an action movie. Well, let's talk about also, like, I don't feel like there's a... I, I, I guess I just don't identify with... Tyler, the main character. You don't identify with the super hot Australian Chris Hemsworth? (laughs) No, I think for me, I wanted more character development. Like, if you're going to, like, boo-hoo, I'm sorry. But we have flashbacks of him, like, his child, we find out, has died from cancer. Um, That he's, you know, basically, he has nothing to live for. And I go, there's plenty to live for, dude, okay? He's a black market mercenary. Um, That's uh, all you need to know about a black market mercenary is that they are badass and they will shoot you in the face. Um, There's maybe one or two moments where, like there becomes the relationship between Tyler and Ovi as these touching moments. You know, Ovi is this sensitive kid, privileged by the way, because his father's a drug lord. Okay, um, but he plays the piano, and so like um, I wanted maybe a little bit more with feeling like there's some type of connection with these characters. Okay, there's a big connection, and I disagree with you. There's a big connection because Tyler goes to meet his good friend David Harbor, <laughs> Chief Hopper from Stranger Things. Who you're like, what? He's in this? Why he's, is- he's in everything. Why is he? He's- Everything. And the character that David Harbour plays wants to go up and like kill him. He's like, once I get a hold of him, they're, whatever we do, he's, they're, they're going to keep coming for him. And if we just go up and shoot him. That's the kind way. It's, it's like the way. kind, merciful thing to do. But, but Tyler's like, no. And he shoots his friend over it. So that is a bond. That is character <laughs> development. He's willing to turn his back on a friendship to save this young boy. They also have that nice little sweet moment upstairs when they're like talking to each other. That's all I need for my action movie. I think it's different. I think when you end up having the body count of aimless violence is against Indian and Bangladesh like citizens, 
Like, they're gang members. Okay, there are a lot of them are wearing masks. We don't know their nationality. Um, we end up having the police, right? And whether they're corrupt or not, it doesn't matter. My problem is that it's an exotic place again. Where that backdrop of the exotic other is being used. Did you just go Blue Lives Matter on me for this? You're like, there are too many cops dying in the streets in this movie. Because it says to a primarily white, Eurocentric audience that those brown people over there are corrupt and criminal. And the only one to save the kid is a white guy. But isn't the, aren't there other people on his mercenary team, though, who are of color? Okay, so they kill them all off. No, his, <laughs> his, his, his lady friend. And, oh my gosh, don't even get me started on that. Here is he, okay, go ahead. What, what are you going to complain about this flawless <laughs> film with the lady friend, who is a person of color? <laughs> um... She might be in love with him. There's obviously some type of past. See, this movie has everything. It's Ugh. got kindness. It's got a children relationship. It's got romantic undertones. It has the worst dialogue. It does not have the worst dialogue. Oh, gosh, yes. All you need is macho dialogue. That's all you need is like, I'm going to shoot that guy. I'm going to get him. We also have a co-star who is a good guy, a person of color, who starts out as an enemy, and that is Soju or... Uh, Soju Rav. Soju, yes. He is, he, he's doing it for his family. He's trying it's to defend his family. Ovi's dad's henchman. Let's be clear, his role. Yes, his henchman. He's like, I got to go save him. And then at the end, there's a team up between him and Tyler Rake, and they go in it together. And sadly, he does pass away <laughs> due to many gunshots. But it's a friendship movie. It's This is like Lethal Weapon. <laughs> You're making it sound like this is a road trip from hell. It really is a road trip movie. I love... Okay, so that's the story. And then everything ends happily ever after. They they get the they, they get Avi to the chopper. They extract him. I just really like this idea. Some of my favorite action movies are action movies that are set in confined spaces. I think we need action movies set in like Kentucky. Kentucky action we movie? Need, we need something. Did you know what's justified? Isn't that entire <laughs> oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Thing? Loved it. Loved it. But I'm saying, like, again, for me, it's just another action movie placed in fill-in-the-blank Asian or African country. Like, there's lots but of them. But what I'm saying is that this, I love the claustrophobic feel of people that are after them constantly. Uh, I love Die Hard. Die Hard has that feeling. They're in Nakatomi Plaza. I love The Raid, uh, the Indonesian movies that are amazing. And then I also love this because you feel like there's never room to breathe. Even when they're in the sewer and they're and people are going over, it's a very claustrophobic movie where they're trying to constantly get to them. And I love that about it. Oh, and I'm not going to disagree with you on that. It's gritty. It's graphic. Um, there's definitely, again, action. But it's just one more tale of a redemption tale of a guy who tries to save a kid. Okay, what would you have done different? Um, I wanted more depth to the villains, I wanted more. Um, they're drug dealers and they're bad. I, I and that's and that's just it. That's that's two dimensional. I want three dimensional villains. I want like tell me like these backstories associated with these drug lords. Tell me the backstory of these. There's at one point you end up having the one teenager who cuts his own finger to show show loyalty Farak or whatever. Okay, right to show Farad. loyalty to the drug lord, and basically he he comes back and says. This, this white guy, right, he beat me up. I've lost sort of my, you know, sort of I'm going to do whatever necessary because, like, he's the one that we need to take down. 
And I thought to myself, this is perfect. This is a perfect time to, like, develop these characters. And we just don't have that. It's all surface. He cut his finger off. One more. Okay, you've got Let's talk young, about- hot drug dealer. You've got drug dealer who wants to be big and bad, who cut his finger off. These are all the character development I need from this. Like, tell me more about Tyler and why he doesn't kill the children. What do you mean doesn't kill the children? Like, what's fascinating is he, the one of the really exciting scenes at the beginning was when he basically is going to go into the gang, right? Right. He's sort of coming in to negotiate to try to get Ovi out. Yes. Right. So he's taken hostage so that he can negotiate and he's badass. And then there's this whole shoot him up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but he doesn't kill the one kid. Right? Oh, yeah. Have, and I thought to myself, I got sad at that moment because I thought to myself, what? economically is necessary for the survival of gangs. And this kid's family, and I put that in quotes, family, gang family, has been completely annihilated. You know what? There's going to be a second movie where that kid is an adult chasing after Tyler. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is he should have killed the kid. <laughs> no, is, is that I'm what saying. I'm getting at? Is that what I'm, you got to shoot every kid that comes into a movie. You just got to go in. Like, the violence... Um. That children actually engage in, right? They're used by drug lords as a way to take down Tyler. And I thought that's fascinating, right? How children are used as soldiers by drug lords. I wanted more depth. And see, this is why Anakin Skywalker (laughs) was right to walk into that Jedi temple and light up those younglings. Because he knew if he didn't kill every small child in the Jedi temple in Revenge of the Sith, that one was going to come back and try to fight him. (laughs) So when you're... When you're faced with that situation, ask yourself, what would Anakin do? <laughs> there we go. For me, in the end, the story is the only child we're saving is the rich kid. <laughs> well, duh. Like, what? But that makes sense, though. Okay, if you're going to... Okay, if you're... Oh, my god. Okay, so let's say, for instance, if two people get kidnapped, two people get kidnapped, and one of them is... Let, let's say one of them is um, a, a poor kid from, like, Mississippi, and the other one is Kylie Jenner's baby. Who are we going to rescue? We should rescue both. But if we can only rescue one, who are we going to rescue? The poor kid. No, we're not. We're that not. kid's going to appreciate it more. We're going to rescue... We're gonna, the, that kid's going to appreciate it more in the end. We're going to rescue Kylie Jenner's <laughs> baby first because they have more money. They can hire the Tyler Race uh, to, to extract their uh, child. So that in that way, this movie's realistic. It's, and I, I love how the film goes, oh, Tyler at first is doing this for money and then he's going to like, when he realizes that right, money really doesn't matter, he's going to save the kid's life. And I'm like, really? You yeah, spent your entire terrible. life as a mercenary doing things for money and now all of a sudden at the end of like your career like maybe i'll be a good guy after all it should be called like the pro bono mercenary where he's like (laughs) i like take cases pro bono like then you're not a mercenary you're just a guy (laughs) doing dirty work oh god one thing that i think we both agreed on though the stunt work is really great oh it's phenomenal the, the fight scenes are easy to follow because for a long time you had that born identity syndrome where people are just like too many camera cuts but this you follow the action the visceral action I love the blood use in this I don't, I don't know if it was digital this blood. I don't know if it was digital or practical effects but it looked good it didn't look super fake which I really hate nothing takes me out of a movie faster than fake looking blood it looks like ketchup it does not look like ketchup it <laughs> looks joking. really good but yeah I so 
the stunt work was really good, and you can definitely tell that Sam Hargrave, who did the stunt work for Avengers, like we mentioned, he definitely brought that over into this. And how do you feel about Chris Hemsworth being this leading mercenary? Do you think it suits him, or do you think... Well, again, he's he's good-looking, he's muscular. Of of course, I, I he'd be cast. I don't see anyone else. Plus, he's got the relationship with the Russos. That's true, too. As well. Yeah, I, I just don't see this movie... Um, adding to, though, his career in the ways that I wished it would. If you could swap out anybody from the Marvel Universe with Chris Hemsworth in this movie, who would it be and why? Because I know who I would pick. Scarlett Johansson. You want Scarlett Johansson? I would pick Scarlett Johansson. You want the Black Widow movie. I want the Black Widow movie. (laughs) Which should have been out by now. I know. No, I would pick her because she's a trained assassin. And so in a lot of ways, she has the same skill sets necessary. Plus, when you put a woman in there, it becomes badass. And... (laughs) And if you don't want to be a white savior movie, she can play any race, as shown by how many times she's played an Asian, how many times she's wanted to play a trans person. She has such, I mean, you put her in blackface, it's a great movie. Black widow face, let's do it. Um, Who, you know who I'd put in it? I'd put Paul Rudd. (laughs) I want Paul Rudd extraction, where he's bumbling through trying to rescue this kid. I, I'd watch that. He'd, See, I would watch that because I want some humor. He'd save the wrong kid. I know. I see. I need some little humor here. He would make it funny, even with the body count. Even with the body I'd count. I'd be like, well, let's count them how many people have died. Well, but it's funny, so it's okay. Paul Rudd as Extraction. <laughs> I'd love that. So overall, would you recommend watching this? Uh... Only so that you can engage in a critical post-colonial critique of it. I'm sorry. No. I I want to like it, but I just don't. I recommend it because it's going to make your dick hard. You're going to love watching it. You need to watch more 80s action movies and realize how, how much you're missing out on. If it was set in the 80s, it'd be different. Really? I think so. Why? I think the men I could be like, well, it's part of that genre of 80s action. And be like, okay. So wait, if the movie came out in the 80s or if it was set in the 80s? If it was set in the 80s. Okay. I don't know. I kind of like the military. Uh, I, I mean, again, I, I say that I wanted to like it. It has Chris Hemsworth. It's it's an action film. I wanted to like it. But in the end, it is a weak story. Um, I I really don't care for the character's lack of development, specifically the villains and their motivation. They're and, young drug dealers. Um, I don't need anything else. And in the end, I get very uncomfortable about, about the representation of um, folks um, in Bangladesh and India and and that poverty and sort of it's okay to kill all of the brown people. So the idea of kid. brown man bad is not okay. <laughs> no, because it just reinforces all these stereotypes. Okay. So. Uh, and you want to talk about the ending real fast? So the ending happens where they rescue Avi and but Chris Hemsworth gets shot in the neck by Farad, who is the one who cut off his finger. So already sets up that big bad for the next movie. I told you. But at the end of the movie, you see that um, the woman mercenary goes and shoots uh, the, Nick Khan, I think is her name. Goes and shoots the drug dealer uh, in the head in the bathroom, which you can't be going in that other. See, route. and that's classy. You like that? Oh yeah, she's all dolled up. Like, it's sexy and murderous. See, I think that represents women poorly. <laughs> I think that creates an unrealistic expectation of how a woman should dress when she kills a drug dealer. She should have gone in in, a, in sweatpants and a Garfield t-shirt that says, I hate Mondays. That way, it can be a realistic representation then- of what... And then she, she can walk out, she can be like, this is what a real woman looks like. And she snaps, roll credits. That then is a feminist masterpiece. 
you can be sexy and a feminist and kill people, right? Uh, <laughs> Add that on there. And then the end shows Avi jumping into a pool, and when he comes out, there's somebody watching him. And it's blurred. It's blurred. Is it Tyler Rake, or is it the neighborhood pedophile? <laughs> oh, we don't know. Creepy. We don't know. What if Tyler Rake is the neighborhood pedophile? <laughs> so many layers. There's so many layers. Mm. So do you think he's alive? Yes. I think he's alive, too. Even though... If we asked the doctors, even in, from Grey's Anatomy, they'd say he wouldn't have survived that no, shot. No, be like, Mm-mm. I watched an episode where a girl got a selfie stick in the head, and she she died. No, so no, you can't get yeah. shot in the neck. No, nope. you, you can't nope. do it. No, nope, no. Nope. Extraction came out on Netflix on April 24th. You can check it out now. Stream it if you need to turn off your brain and watch something where a white man saves the day. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Pop Culture Pizza Party. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash popculturepizzaparty. You can also follow us on Twitter at poppizzaparty. You can follow me at Gavin Eddings. And you can find me at LostPenny8 on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they call it now, do that because it really does help us. Leave us a five-star review. Say you hate the show, but leave that five-star review, please, because it really helps us. Uh, So until next time, I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephanie. Stay weird. (laughs) 